0: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Scott Wurzbacher. Today, we're going to talk about finding a deep connection with nature and the meaning of life underwater. Okay, this is a big claim right there, but today's guest has done just that through a 10-year journey of traveling, working, and exploring around the globe where she ultimately discovered a calling to underwater exploration through scuba diving. Nancy Alchalel is that guest, and she's here with us to share her story of finding and creating herself through her adventures under the sea. Nancy's played many roles throughout this journey, including student, athlete, explorer, philanthropist, teacher, diver, instructor, and business person. But like me, Nancy prefers to avoid the labels we tend to give ourselves and others because who we are does not have to be tied to the roles that we identify with. Nancy currently resides in San Diego, California, but her story includes travel to between 60 to 80 countries. She's lost count and some incredible experiences along the way that ultimately helped her discover who she really is, underwater, looking into the eyes of a manta ray. If you're a seeker like me, you are going to love this story. Nancy, welcome to the campfire.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh my gosh, I am so excited. I had the pleasure of uh, talking with you by phone, I think it was last week, and kind of getting a glimpse into this story, and I'm just so excited to go deeper to, like, dive deeper right as a diving reference we're gonna (laughs) dive deep today and i'm super excited about that but i just uh i love this story and i can't wait for our listeners to hear it um so i'd love to just start right from the beginning and we're going to just take everybody kind of through this journey because your journey started essentially when you were a teenager and i'd love to just if you could just kind of dive in and tell us about you and and uh and and take us from the beginning
1: yeah, you know, I was actually born in Mexico City. And so there was like such a tight knit community. So when I came to the States, it didn't resemble the community that we had. And so my parents were very protective of me. So I was playing basketball and I was obsessed with it. Like everything I did, the way I talked, like how, you know, how I carried myself, um, who my friends were, what I did in my free time. So I kind of wrapped up my entire life's identity into the fact that I played basketball. Like I was a basketball player. And then when I was like 17, I kind of got sick and I hurt my knee. So I realized that I couldn't play professionally, even though that was my dream. Um, So I think once you kind of lose that, you lose your entire identity. And well, I went into a crisis. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so... It, it was so weird, you know, it's everything from like throwing away your basketball shoes because you're like, what? Like, I, I don't need to wear this anymore. And then, you know, your teammates move on and stuff. So I was a little rebellious. Um, I snuck out of a window and I didn't know that my parents were tracking my phone. Oh. So they thought I was unhinged. I just wanted to go to the park and feel, you know, free. Um. <laughs> so yeah, they sent me to the Philippines and that's where my story begins.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. That- I mean, there's, there's so much in that. And I think we'll probably need to come back to it because like, even what I talked about in the intro, like this sort of, you know, avoidance of, of the labels, right. Because that's not who we are. And like your story kind of begins with like detachment from that label.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So yeah, you sneak out of the house to go to, to, rebel a little bit and go over to the park. And, and the consequence there is you're going to the Philippines. So, like, so tell us about this.
1: Well, as you can imagine, I was really angry. Um, I, I was 17 and the people I was traveling with were primarily 29 years old, like from 25 to 32. And I just wanted to party. I just wanted to, you know, live like the senior year that I never had. Um, We were building a school out in this community made out of trash called Smoky Mountain. And it's very interesting because you see, you get to experience a different kind of um, lifestyle that people are living. Like, I remember I used to sit with my host family and we used to like share a bowl of rice and you would take some and then you would pass it on until, you know, it would finish. So I was like, if I felt like I couldn't connect with my family back home because I was shunned, I was going to create a new family and with that a new identity. So that was what I set out to do um, over a period of like 10 years.
0: Oh, so I want to just kind of clarify a little bit because, you know, it's, we, we joke here, like you snuck out of a window and your parents said you're banished to the Philippines. But my sense is that there was a, a bigger motive in this. It was not like they just sent you off to this, like, place and not knowing what was going to happen to you, there was a very intentional um, purpose behind that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I grew up Jewish. um, And so staying within that community is very important. And I think Mm -hmm. worldwide, it's like one out of every 500 people are Jewish. Mm -hmm. And they knew that I went to a school, which is like a four by four. So by the time I was a senior in the beginning, I had basically finished all my classes and they were scared i was going to use that year to have fun and goof off which essentially was my plan (laughs) um so they sent me to the philippines to uh, you know get like a get cultured be humbled not that i needed that at the time
0: with a with an organized group though and this purpose to build this yes yeah
1: to mature essentially with 29 year olds
0: i love it okay so and then i think you you were in the philippines for 6 months on this project i believe that or that was the plan
1: yeah yeah something around there and then i ended up going to taiwan to work at a farm it was super fun you learn things about yourself
0: so take us to taiwan so 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 it starts in in the philippines and and you're working on this church but then and that, then this 10-year journey just kind of unfolds where, I mean, you go from like getting sent to the Philippines to all of a sudden you've traveled 60 to 80 countries. So this is a lot. We're going to get to the scuba diving and that's kind of the meat of what we're going to talk about today. But if you could just kind of fast forward us through that that period of of from the Philippines to exploring so many different countries and parts of this world.
1: Yeah, of course. So um as well, we were, I was traveling in a group and we would stay in host families and I would go to a different family. And it it was almost like, I mean, the speech was they open up their, their homes and their hearts. And I would get to see inside of a world that wasn't my own, you know, and you can tell so much about a person by how they live, what goes on in their house. Do they take their shoes off? You know, do they pray before they eat? Um, Do they go every single Saturday to a specific place? And I was like, this is a chance to create myself in a way that I never have before. And I remember we were sitting in a group um, and this girl named Lily Hokama, shout out to Lily. um, She said something that I will never forget. And she, we were talking about life experiences and she said that we create ourselves through the opportunities that come forth and like what we choose to do with them and how we choose to experience um, what's happening in life at that time. And I was like, something clicked. And I was like, I'm gonna travel to every single country I made a giant list and I was like, I'm gonna travel and I'm gonna take one of these pieces um, and I'm gonna incorporate it into my personality. Like for example, in Asia, it's like a sign of respect. It's like a sign that you've arrived home when you take your shoes off, you know, because you don't wanna bring the outside dirt into the home. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'm, I'm gonna make sure my family does this. Um, so yeah, I was, I was doing that for a while.
0: I love this so much. Like yeah. this, this idea of taking a cultural practice in in each of the countries that you went to and incorporating them into your life. Like, I'd love to come, like, visit you at your home and see what all of these practices are because it's it's got to be so broad. It's really it's really cool. It's fascinating.
1: Oh man, I mean, let me tell you, I, clearly, like, you take things physically from different countries and souvenirs and mementos. I went through a period where I gave everything away, everything I've ever gotten in my, if you see my room, it's just like (laughs) a blank wall, which is crazy, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I remember like being like in my early, like late, late teens, early twenties and going to Epcot center in Florida. And that's like, you get to travel from all the different countries and we would go through Epcot center and like have something to drink and something to eat in every country. And this is like you doing this, like on the grand scale and bringing all that back. I think it's just, it's so cool. Um, wow. So, uh, and then the, the awareness, like, can you just talk just for a minute about like how that experience and visiting all these countries and incorporating all these culture, cultural practices into your life, expanded your awareness and like maybe like what your awareness was like before that expansion and then what, what it was like afterwards.
1: Yeah, of course. So I realized throughout my travels that you can learn so much about a culture through the language and so much about a language through the culture. It's like interconnected. Um, And so it's like, you you start understanding things that you never did because there are words that describe instances that are just not in your in your language and so you realize that your words make up your reality and how incredible is it that you can understand kind of the significance of a word without actually like feeling it you know what I mean it almost like expands it's like you know what you know you know what you don't know, like you know that you can't mm-hmm. speak Mandarin, but you don't know like what you don't know. And all of a sudden like that pops into your awareness and you're like, you feel like, and that sounds so corny, but like a citizen of like the world. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It just like you feel you come back home and it's almost like nothing changes except for you. And you have all these, it's like the foods you taste are now different because you've been exposed to you know different flavors, and you come back to it, and you're like, I have different words to describe this, or like my, you know, it's like everything about you changes.
0: Yes, and and what the this whole idea of you don't know what you don't know is super profound, and uh, we're gonna come back to that because your world of diving it, um, it it's relevant there. Um, yeah. So, so that's super cool. Um, all right, so I and I gotta ask you, your parents. Sent you to the Philippines for what was supposed to be a six month project and it turns into a 10 <laughs> year journey. Like, yeah, <laughs> what, what are they thinking about all of this?
1: So, at first, it was very conventional. It was like I was with a group, and then yeah. they, you know, they're like, Oh, you can do a second semester. So, obviously, they were on board with that. And then I got a job with them. Um, so basically, I remember when i had no means to be out there by myself i was like look dad i don't want to travel when i'm 60 and retired and i've made all this money and i may need like a hip replacement or you know my vision's not that great and i can't walk through you know like say you're going to the great wall of china like imagine being so out of breath because you know yeah so i was like please please like allow me to travel in the way that i want how i want and then eventually i will come back home and be an upstanding citizen of society. And they fully supported it, which is amazing. Um, so they helped me sometimes.
0: But you supported yourself along the way. You had, I mean, a lot of different things that you did while you were on the road. Maybe you could share just a couple of things that you did while you were on the road to, to yeah. support yourself and, and and make a difference literally around the world.
1: Yeah, there's a ton of organizations you can do this through like a lot of websites, but there's basically like work. Um, it's called like work in board or something where in Taiwan, for example, like I worked in a farm to earn mm-hmm. my keep. Um, I know in Israel, like, again, it's like a kibbutz. So it's like a community style thing where you take care of the cows and you milk yeah. them and et cetera, et cetera. I taught English for many years. I thought that was kind of my forte. I did a lot of private um, Spanish lessons as well um, there's a lot of things that you can do but they they fund your travels and I I've met so many incredible people along the way that were doing exactly what I was doing just a little bit more extreme
0: hey everyone it's Scott here this podcast is a passion project for me because I absolutely love adventure and it's thanks to the effort of my residential real estate team here in Charlotte North Carolina that many of you know as the W realty group that this podcast gets funded This awesome group of people have unmatched levels of competence and caring for our clients. If you know of anyone looking to buy or sell a home, our team serves the Charlotte, North Carolina market, but we can also help you find an agent anywhere throughout the US or Canada through our highly connected network. When you support our real estate business, you are also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for your referrals. Yeah, and that's that's a cool little um, side note. Like for people that are interested in this sort of thing, you you got connected to an organization that helped you find those opportunities. It wasn't you know, weren't necessarily just like showing up and and finding them along the way.
1: Well, so here's the crazy thing. Um, I, you know, how I was like trying to create myself. So I actually came across an article saying like 21 reasons why as a woman you should travel by yourself. Nice. And I was like, this is it. Like, I'm going to be learning independence and I'm going to be amazing. And so I ended up just booking a flight to Costa Rica with nothing like the taxi couldn't find my Airbnb. And I remember you kind of start talking to people when you're all by yourself. And I remember Uh ending up at this hostel where my room was just like this hammock. And they're like, you know, they walk you to your room and they're like, it was like a hammock that said like 308 on the top. And I was like, where's the bathroom? And they like pointed to the ocean. And I was like, oh. (laughs) So I like over there, I I met these incredible people that wanted to travel like that. And every single one of them told me their stories. And you can find if you really want to, the resources are out there. And so many people create like blogs and websites and all these like people are so happy to share their experiences. Mm -hmm. So that's what I found. Like Mm -hmm. you can do it anyway. You just have to kind of jump into the fire and you will meet the right people along the way that will guide you to your next step.
0: I love that. Jump into the fire and you'll meet the people that you need. I love it.
1: Yeah. Or the water.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. In your case, in the water. All right. So let's talk about the water. So in this journey, this 10 year journey of traveling around the world, at some point along the way, you discovered diving. And there's a bit of a story that comes with that.
1: Yeah. So I was actually, this. it's so interesting to me because the story is so blurry. Um, I don't know for anybody that has traveled, you you get to a point of absolute exhaustion. And I remember I was so tired. I like fell asleep kind of on top of myself and my arms were like half asleep. And I was in Thailand. I was teaching English and I just wanted to go to an island like in the weekend. Um, just because you know, teaching where I was at, it was like very difficult. I was like with bucket showers. I had to like walk to 7-Eleven to get like coke to dump on my hair so I wouldn't get lice. But anyway, I was super tired, and I remember being on this ferry, and they were, like, calling, and I was like, what's happening? Like, I, I was so disoriented. I think, honestly, I really think somebody, like, threw up on me. Like, I'm just very confused. I was, so, I've never been that exhausted, and I just got out of this island, like, got out, probably on the wrong island. And, because I remember, like, my destination was somewhere else, but I was, like, mm-hmm. being, like, mulled out of this ferry. Like, you need to even, you know, they're yeah. speaking Thai, and I'm like, what's happening? So I I like get out of the ferry and all of a sudden I see like all these like signs like diver, diver, this, that. And I was just so confused. Um, so I just talked to the first person and they're, I was like, where am I? And they're like, this is a diver island. There's like 80 plus dive schools. And I was like, oh, man, that's such a bummer. Like I cannot, you know, I've heard from from like such a small age that I couldn't dive because I had ear surgery But I remember somebody, I think he was like from Spain. He was like, no, no, it's a muscle. And he was like, come with me, like room and board everything. So I, everyone has a backpack and I have this giant suitcase. I don't know (laughs) why I was carrying a giant suitcase. And he's like, yeah, your bungalow is like up those rocks. So I had to like hike 40 minutes with this giant suitcase. But that's how I started diving. I took my um, open water course there. Um, Yeah, that that was the first underwater experience I've ever had.
0: So we'll talk about like, I mean, what, what was it just because you were there and you could, I mean, or was there something that sort of called you to the water?
1: I've always been, I remember my best friend when I was younger, she had um, the certification and on one side of the certification is obviously your picture. And it says like open water diver. And on the other side, it was like all these fish. And I remember being so drawn to it. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, I don't care what I need to do. And I remember the first thing she said, it was you, you can't dive if you have ear problems. Mm. And I was so drawn to it, but it's like, I just thought I was never going to be able to dive. So, you know, it was like the perfect opportunity.
0: Yeah, totally. So, so help, help bridge that gap for me. Like you went from like, you were told you couldn't do it. Now somebody's like, Hey, here's this opportunity. Like bridge that gap between I, I medically can't to like, yeah, I'm doing this
1: well you know it's you hear so many things along the way um and it i remember like i was in high school when she told me and i was like there's no way that i'm gonna let a 15 year old girl at the time dictate something when you know hear all these people telling me it's just a muscle because you start talking it's like a. it was it's called kotao in thailand it's an island full of expats and you it's so interesting to see because you have like the thai culture and then like hundreds of people from all over the world um and their main you know their main trade is diving and so every single person i talked to which was a lot of people i was like i really want to dive but i can't and they're like no no you can trust me we've seen it all and lo and behold i went underwater and it was granted there's a learning curve yeah um you you kind of learn but i'm actually amazing, um, at equalizing because I've had ear surgery. So don't Mm -hmm. let anyone tell you that you can't do something, figure it out for yourself.
0: All right. So this is a big deal. Like this, this experience of getting in the water and taking these scuba lessons, like this was a life-changing thing for you. What happened to Nancy when you got in the water?
1: Um, so one of the first things you do like is the confined session which you learn how to do skills to be comfortable in your equipment so you take off your mask you put it on the regulator is like you breathe air out of it it's just like a hose with a mouthpiece on it basically um and I just remember being I think it was like five feet of water and I remember this little tiny fish kind of looked like a zebra and it was just like swimming in like around my mask and I was like this is amazing like I hadn't even gone diving before <laughs> like I was literally like you, you know, like five feet of water. And I was like, I'm never leaving. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is like my new life. So
0: what, that's what started it all. What, yeah. what, what was that excitement? Was it a feeling? Was it like, what was behind that?
1: Um, so I've always been fascinated by animals. And it's so weird, because like, on in your everyday life, you don't really you know aside from cats and dogs you don't really think about it but there's um an egyptian concept called physiognomy where your physical structure of your body can house like different personality traits and stuff like that and i remember like i go do acupressure and this guy was like you know animals have this collective consciousness like they know and they understand and i realized that we have so much in common with all these creatures like for example like with dolphins we have the same mammalian it's called the mammalian dive reflex and so it's like you, you're you underwater, right? And you just see this thing that looks so different than you. But it's it's almost like you want to kind of, like, merge with them. Like, there's just this magical experience that happens with it. So that was my first experience of that.
0: Mm, with, with the little zebrafish.
1: It's a, it was so small, yeah. And it normally, when you're diving, you know, you kind of make a lot of noise because you're breathing and it's like... <sighs> So animals don't really like it. You kind of have to sit still, and I think I think it takes a while for people to realize that because you're so excited, like you want to move around, you want to see everything. Magic happens when you're still.
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay. So, and I really wanna to talk about that that magic and that connection and what happens to you when you're really in the water. Like before we get there, just you know, like let's finish the sort of chronology of. You know, you um, taking that first scuba lesson to to kind of where you are with that today, because you've you've kind of gone through the whole like you know beginner to to instructor. Like, how does that all happen?
1: Yeah, so I was actually still teaching English, so I had to go back to finish out my contract, um, and I came back, and you know, there's 80 dive schools um, in the area. Some of them are for partying. Some of them, it's like. The people that like to smoke weed so i was like i chose the one with like the strictest um Mm -hmm. like the strictest uh teaching available and and they're like old people um but they had the best equipment and i was like uh you know sucker for nice things (laughs) um so i you do your advance and there's this amazing thing where you can do your dive master and i think this only happens in southeast asia because it's so cheap there you can dive as many times as you want before you get your dive master certification. You have to start with 40. So I had 40 and I was like, this is amazing. So I signed on and basically you assist in courses, but you can dive, um, usually four to five times a day, which is, I, some people do more, but that like, that was good enough for me. Every single day. Um, and you just learn, it's like the more, so I believe that we have, you know, our, instincts that mm-hmm. are there that are always like kicking in high gear but when you're so comfortable with your like there's so many exercises that you do to get comfortable in your equipment and like your environment so once you get comfortable in the equipment and like you know exactly what to do like you have your backups and everything you have your safety diver um once you do that and you you're comfortable in the environment like you know the dive sites something magical happens and you can take this anywhere where all of a sudden like you're, you can be in the moment. And diving so many times repetitively in the same places taught me that. And once you have that peace and calm and clarity, you can take that anywhere you dive. Um, so once I did that, well, they kind of made me get my dive master because I was like, I'm not leaving. So made
0: me, yeah. I mean, what you explain? I mean, there's so many different, like, you know, you can relate that to so many different things in life, but it's like basically learning a new skill and then practicing it over and over again until it becomes automatic. And then once it's automatic, that like basically allows you to kind of go do like the stuff that requires that automatic skill as a foundation, right? But you're in the water, like being with the nature of what's there and not worrying about mask working
1: yeah i wouldn't 100 percent say it's the skill weirdly because through just one skill you learn the confidence and i've seen people that are never comfortable in the water and i remember you know i'm an instructor now and i remember seeing people that you just put them in the water and they're like fish so it's it's kind of a an innate feeling and a mindset so i wouldn't say it's a skill particularly but it's like a self-esteem thing where you you know that in any situation that you're put in like you, you like take life as it comes, you know, cause some people just feel naturally comfortable in different places more so yeah. than others.
0: Yeah. Oh man. I love that so much. And then I wanted to just clarify for listeners. Can you talk about what actually for, for non-divers, what is it? What does dive master mean?
1: So basically, I mean, in a nutshell, you start with your open water, which they like build you up and they give you confidence. Um, it's just the basics. Then your advance um, is a certification where you learn kind of to perfect those skills in the rescue um, which is a third course is where they teach you to focus on other people um, they put you in difficult situations and then your dive master is kind of where you become uh, a professional diver and then you can take people out and you can assist in courses
0: mm. okay so does that so as a dive master at that point are you an instructor or is there another level to become an instructor
1: there's another level so as a dive master you can take certified divers out diving um, and then you can assist instructors but the instructor course um, is a whole different ballgame but it's you know a lot of corporate stuff
0: yeah
1: because you have the skills to dive as a dive master
0: yeah. Okay. So now let's go, let's just, let's get in the water. Like I want to talk about what happens to you when you're in the water, you know, not just the training with the zebra fish, but like what, t- let's talk about what happens when you dive deep.
1: All right. So the first time there's a thing called, it's now called gas narcosis. I took the advanced, um, and I, we were like 90 feet, hundred feet in the water, uh, below, And you learn so much about like, you know, how colors look different, like the perception and you kind of feel like you're drunk a little bit. So you Mm kind of need to get used to this feeling that like you look up and there's like 100 feet of water. And um, yeah, so you get comfortable with that. The perception changes. You feel kind of funny, but you learn the skills. So I was just a casual day, like outside of the water. Um, I remember it was rainy season and there are these like Vietnamese millipedes that look like cobras and they're yellow with like red legs and they attack like literally like they perk up and they attack like cobras and I I got lost and I remember you know if something happens to me literally nobody's gonna know so I sold some of my equipment my camera and I booked the next flight back and I was like I need to dive I need to dive so I funny enough like I just met a girl randomly that had gone out with my cousin and she was like we're going on a liveaboard and I was like what are these magical words and like you go on a boat you go three days out at sea in this tiny little boat most of the time like sometimes you now they're nicer but I went on one it was like so small you need to get like strapped into your bed so you're strapped in um and then all of a sudden like you know the captain tells you that you're here in this magical place in the middle of absolutely nowhere um but usually like where the sea life is is has to be some form of land so it was an island and you basically dive four times a day and you sleep on the boat and then you go out diving um you come back eat and sleep go back out again and it's I mean it's just magical what else can I say about it um
0: yeah what did you find under there like you know something happened to you in the water or something yes. happens to you when you're in the water, and and I, that's what I want to I want to hear about this.
1: Yeah. So obviously, every single dive site has something that they're especially known for. Mm-hmm. So some people, there's like these frog fish that come out of the water, like or come out of the sand, fra um, that look like little frogs. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's like this the tiny life, like little nudibranchs. Um, for me, I was on a liveaboard, and we were in Breviajido um, or Secor Islands for um the foreigners and it was this magical place it was in the middle of nowhere so it's kind of dangerous it was a bottomless dive in this one like you have to swim so you breathe a lot faster and there are these I remember one time like in one of the dives there was these giant mantras dolphins like a whale shark and then these tiger sharks and I just remember like going up on the safety stop and you you look around and you just see like hunt these mantrays are gigantic like they're bigger than you I don't know like three or four times bigger than you but they're so gentle and they they glide with you you know you kind of it's so interesting because I remember my friend saying this she was like the ocean gives you presents like it gives you gifts you know and and the people that are connected and in tune and present in the moment it's like animals feel that energy and they're drawn and I remember I wanted to swim with one so bad like I wanted to make a connection because I had made a connection prior with a whale shark and I was like I want this and I just remember like 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 hanging out in the water you know it's a bottomless dive so you have no kind of perception of what's happening yeah. you just have your dive computer and I remember just breathing and like closing my eyes and all of a sudden I just see this jo- like I feel a shadow because you can feel it and just this giant thing comes like over me. And it it's so crazy because you don't speak when you're diving. So you you use communication with other senses of your body. This is well, not the first time I'd experienced it. But diving was, you know, you like yeah. it's like the unknown law of nature. Yeah. Um, so I remember I was like, oh, like I felt like I had permission and as divers like we always carry um an extra hose for air like uh, your octopus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and manta rays love when you like squirt bubbles up because it feels like a massage (laughs) and i just remember like looking up on this giant it's like a massive butterfly underwater and i was like squirting bubbles all over the place and it you know what i mean it's like once you do that and they're like they like kind of stay in place because they want more bubbles and so i like glide up and it's like you see their eyes and it, it's so interesting because you feel connected in a way that I've never felt connected to anything or anybody else. Um, so you, you feel like a part of you belongs to them and a part of them is inherently within you.
0: Mm.
1: It was, it was
0: magical. That's, That's really, deep. (laughs) I mean, literally deep in the water. And actually, if you could just for listeners, like you mentioned a connection that you had with a whale shark. So if you could tell us that story too, and then we'll come back to the manta ray.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was, we were swimming with whale sharks. Um, this was an experience I had on the first live aboard. It actually almost sank, which is so interesting because (laughs) we were like in the middle of a storm at night doing a night dive. And we hear it recall. Um, anyway, our, our, like the course of our trip changed, obviously, because we had no boat, we were like on dinghies. And so they took us out while they report the, repaired the boat to swim with whale sharks. And the water was murky. Like, I didn't understand what was happening. You know, I didn't understand that you kind of snorkel with whale sharks. Um, so I remember swimming, like I have these really long fins and because I played basketball, I have strong legs. And I remember swimming and all of a sudden I'm like following this whale shark and everyone else trails off. Like, I don't know what happened. And I remember just like, I didn't even look into, I don't know if it was a girl whale shark or a boy whale shark, but I just remember swimming and feeling so connected, like in a way that I can't describe. And I just like, in my mind, I was like, there's no way this is happening. Like what's going on. Am I tired? I couldn't even tell. And I remember saying to myself, like I was like, I'm just gonna test out the water, see what happens. And I was like, hmm, I'm tired. All of a sudden. Um, so the way like, you know, animals move is like by displacing water. And so if you're here and a whale shark is here, he can just dis- he or she can displace enough water to propel you forward. Mm. And I remember like I remember saying, like, I'm tired, and I just felt like a wave of energy just like kind of carrying me forward. And I was like, there's no way, this is just coincidence. And um, one of the first things you learn as a diver is not to touch the environment, not to touch the animals like you Mm -hmm. want to be very respectful. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't touching. I wasn't grabbing like I wanted to respect this beautiful animal's face. Um, So I remember sometimes like I would swim and it would get too close. And I was like, hey, could you mind like veering to the right? And this was all in my head. And I just remember the second I thought it, the second it would like moved with me and it just carried me with him or her. For 45 minutes and I've never felt such a deep connection it was like it transcended like whatever physical plane we were in where the location I didn't feel tired I didn't feel hungry um I was just in the moment and all of a sudden like you know 50 minutes later because I checked my watch periodically yeah. just because I was like what's happening and I was like, I thanked the whale shark. I was like, thank you so much. Like, I my life is forever changed. And I remember just looking up, and this boat was like, we've been following you for 50 minutes. Um, so that was the first experience I I had, kind of changed my life.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, like you 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 said it's a tra- It was a transcendent experience. I mean, it sounds totally meditative. It to- it sounds like totally like being dialed in with this sort of connected energy where it's like it's not you and this whale, but like you guys just sort of. Uh, Being merged, as you said,
1: yeah, yeah. So I like as we talked about earlier, like when you kind of create a skill set or a certain confidence, or you experience something, you Mm -hmm. can take that with you wherever you go. And I think, you know, I I had like that connection, and so when I'm in the water now, because of certain connections that I've had, it's so easy to find that with so many other animals. Obviously, the bigger the animal, the bigger the consciousness. You know, the eyes are crazy; they have these. It's like you can see the wisdom of, you know, the conscious collective on earth, which sounds so crazy. But once you have that, you can kind of find it and you can find it in other people as well, which is very interesting.
0: It, it really wow. is. So I want like, I want to close the loop on this one, we'll come back to the manta ray, because in our first conversation, you said to me that <laughs> you found the meaning of life looking into a manta ray's eyes. And I just need your listeners for you to just expound on that.
1: Yeah, so growing up, you know, I've never felt like I fit in. I was bullied a lot in school. I just wanted to find like my people, my crew. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just saw this picture of how social media, everyone I feel like can attest to this. Like social media is just such a highlight reel that there's a lot of realism that is left out. You hardly talk about um, difficulties in your life. And I just remember you know, like that's kind of what like set me to start traveling in that way because there's something that's always missing. Um, you know, you, you think there's something like wrong with your Someone's going to come and complete it. And so fast forward, um, I'm diving in this place. It's magical. I just decided to calm down and you, you know, you're so different from these animals. You're in their territory. Basically, it's like really humbling. Something can happen to you at any time not that it will but you just feel humbled like you feel like you're a guest and they're allowing you to be in their presence and all of a sudden like you know you look you know divers are not meant to be there so you have like a giant like little vest and then your Mm -hmm. fins and like all these like devices that tell you like where you are and you know this animal that's like perfectly made for this environment and it's like it allows you to be in their space you know and you feel that and then you you look into the eyes of this creature And there's like a consciousness that you've never seen. It just transcends like anything petty that you've ever felt. Like life is unfair. What am I doing? Where am I going? Like, how am I going to make money? And you see this innate wisdom and you feel Hmm. like there's something that's like the same. And you're like, what is this? Like, And then all of a sudden you have this moment. You're like, am I a mantra or are we just connected in such a way that just transcends like the reality that we're living in and once i realized that you you find it everywhere within you like outside of the water you meet people and you're like you look into their eyes which and you you've seen like you see pain you see joy and you're like wow there's so much that like connects every single one of
0: us oh my gosh that's awesome i mean what a great learning and you saw that in the eyes of the manta ray yeah, yeah, so that, everywhere. Was, that was going to essentially be my next question is, you know, how have you taken those experiences and those like those connective experiences under the water? And how has that changed you in this world we live in above the water?
1: Yeah, well, it's so interesting because I feel like in society today, there's, you know, the the spiritual side and then there's like the societal structure where we compete with each other. So interesting. Um so, you know, that led to me exploring, you know, TED Talks and just a lot of speeches, a lot of mm-hmm. vlogs and stuff. And this morning I watched a TED Talk about how sometimes thinking like you're falling behind can propel you forward and how mm-hmm. just the people that feel like they don't have a grip in life are actually, because of those moments, it's like you you take the collective of all of your experiences and you put little pieces together. So it was like how they were saying, um, I'm not sure what the guy's name was, but he gave the example of Tiger Woods, how he was given a putt when he was like three months old. And then at two, he was imitating his father's swing and how in 10,000 hours, um, it takes you to be great. But Roger Federer, he like dabbled in all these sports. He didn't like tennis. He had no interest in it. He didn't want to play. He was interested in wrestling. Um, But how every single one of those experiences in sports allowed him to be more perceptive to what's happening in the field and I think like with everybody through anyone's experiences it's it's almost the collective like every single time if you take a step back and you realize everything you've done kind of has helped achieve who you are inside not because you've done those things but because of what you've taken from those experiences it allows you to live your life with you know that richness that yeah. um like being able to be present in the moment with whoever whatever you're with or whatever you're doing
0: yeah i, I love yeah. that so much and i think for you like you found it in the water and what i think like i just want to share like i think this is so cool because water in the ocean in particular they're just such amazing um it's an amazing metaphor for soul searching right and yeah. because the ocean it's this deep dark mysterious place that you know we don't know what's lurking down in there and like when we dive deep we don't know what we're going to find and that's the the thing like so many pieces of life so many examples in life where we actually say we're going to take a deep dive into this right and it's yeah. using the ocean as that metaphor um and and so i just think this concept of like diving deep into ourselves like obviously that comes from what you're doing in real life um so you're and and we've talked about like you know the identities that you've been attached to earlier in your life and trying to disconnect from and this whole idea of like you know creating yourself and trying to find yourself and like literally diving deep in order to do that and and found it in the water right with a manta ray with the whale shark And I, I think um, the, psychoanal- the famous psychoanalyst, uh, psychotherapist, Carl Jung, um, essentially uh, suggests that the purpose or the meaning of life is is basically taking the um, unconscious parts of yourself and bringing them into your conscious awareness. And he calls that individuation. But like that's what you described, that, that, um, that phrase that you said, you don't know what you don't know. But then once you know what you don't know then it like opens up your whole mind and and it just changes everything. And I feel like I just think it's so cool that you found you found yourself through what most people use as a metaphor and it's this concept of diving deep underwater. I just was wasn't sure if you had any thoughts on that and if you've ever kind of thought about it that way.
1: To be honest, I I never have. It's kind of ironic that you say that because you say it and I'm like, wow, (laughs) that is exactly what happened. But I've never, you know, put two and two together. I think, you know, most of us are just trying to live our lives, be good people, um, survive, you know, make connections. But I think that's that's what it is. And so it's so interesting because most of the time we uh, you know, I can speak for myself where you wait for a perfect moment to do something. Or you're, like, when this happens, I'm going to travel. Or, like, when I get enough money, I'm going to book this or that. But it's, like, it's when you take action in those moments, despite your circumstances, that, like, life happens in that moment. And that's what propels you um, into that individuation you talked about. Yes,
0: I love it. And I think the thing is you talked about experience and you talked about how like each individual's experiences kind of shapes and, and helps you to get to that place and, and you found it through diving. But when we spoke um, a week or two ago, like I had mentioned to you that like what you were describing underwater sounded to me like it was a meditative experience. Right? yeah. But I asked you if you meditate and you told me, because I think some people might say that like, you know, they can find what you experience under the water is something that people experience during meditation. But when we had that conversation, you noted that like meditation is incredibly hard, like diving is effortless for you. It's very easy, very natural, but yet meditation is this very difficult thing for you. And I I wondered if you could just kind of speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So obviously in my journey to find myself i landed in some extremes like i didn't like i've never liked meditating so i was like i'm going to do a 10 day silent meditation retreat where you don't talk to anybody like you don't have a phone you don't have a camera you don't have you can't write you can't read you can't listen to music no jewelry like you don't look at mirrors um and so you have to look within you like get rid of everything else um and i think that looking within I mean, for me, it was very difficult. I saw what was there and it it was like just so many patterns that have been reoccurring. But for me, like the meditation happens in the water because I see a part of myself like in these animals, in my surroundings. And I think that's what helps me surrender into the moment as opposed to like just hearing my thoughts when my eyes are closed, which works for many people. It's just for me, like, when I find myself in an external environment, that's, yeah, when I can surrender to it.
0: So for some people, it could be meditation. For some people, it could be diving. For some people, it could be something completely different. Like one of my podcast guests is an absolutely world-class whitewater kayaker, Adam Herzog. And, uh, And we spoke about his experience of flow when he's in the water and how it's basically just him in the water. And he just kind of feels himself as a droplet of water, like moving through the stream. And it's like, it seems like he finds it that way. You find it through diving. So I'm curious like as we sort of wrap up here if there's people listening that are inspired by your story and I know there's going to be many but they haven't found that what what their that place for them where they experience that that transcendental experience. Like what advice would you have for people like that?
1: Yeah, so there's actually this documentary called Happy and it talks about being in that state of flow and I have found it I I was like making pizzas and I remember finding that flow and I was like this is so interesting like there's not just one cookie cutter way and so it's about doing like what you're drawn to like doing what you like even if it seems unconventional even if it seems crazy but like the it's so interesting because you can find it doing anything and if you don't know what you like try out as many things as you can because not knowing what you don't like eventually leads you to that place and like for somebody who's traveled for 10 years and literally like not having found it and then it just coming to me in the most random way ever I think there's like a testament to eventually I like you know and, and I've talked to hundreds of people like eventually people find it yeah yeah yeah
0: and it was unexpected for you right i mean it started with this this trip to the philippines that turned into a whole 10-year journey and you know and all the experiences that you had along the way
1: yeah honestly i just i just wanted to party like i just wanted to live out my (laughs) senior year like senior ditch day i tried that with this group it didn't work out so one thing always leads to another and i think the magic of life is being able to transcend like the reaction that comes with it, you know, like this is bad, this is good. Why am I doing this? This doesn't make sense. And like there's things that you will be naturally drawn to like focus, you know, like take a step back and being like, what am I actually feeling, you know, outside of like all that external noise. And I think that's what meditation is for some people, but other people, it's logic other people. It's, you know, like having a friend. I remember I was like in a hostel in Thailand and somebody was like, Hey, we're going to South Africa to see some sharks. And I booked my flight and I was like, and then I came back to Thailand, but it, it is just that. So find out like what, you know, what influences you the most, if it's people, if it's places, if it's things like what you feel most alive. And even if you're just like watching a video of something and then follow that, you know, and be open to what comes with it.
0: I love this so much. Yeah. All right. So Nancy, like this, your story is epic and <laughs> You know, from going off to the Philippines to traveling all these different countries to finding the meaning of life, looking in the eyes of a manta ray, like Hollywood's going to grab this story because they're going to want to make a movie about you. And I want to know <laughs> when they do, who's going to be the Hollywood actress that's going to play you in this movie?
1: Um, honestly, I'd probably say Mila Kunis because she's kind of funny.
0: Nice. Okay. All she's right. pretty. All right, very good. Uh, she's great. That seventy show—that's that, how I first got to know her. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I love that. Um, all right, cool. What's your uh, movie going to be called?
1: Okay, so I would call it Lack. I started a clothing company that didn't work, but basically, when you're doing a night dive, you go in before, and when you go deep enough, there's kind of a the water looks like in between a grayish and a lilac color, and you feel like you're literally in another world because. There's in no world do waters ever look like purple and gray. So I'd call it Grey Lack, you know,
0: that's it's a cool. mixture of those gray-lack. two
1: colors. Yeah. Right.
0: Grey Lack starring Mila Kunis. That is super really cool. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I love it. Um, I'm excited to watch that movie. Well, I wanna just thank you so much for spending the time um, with me today. I really appreciate it. And for those listening, I hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Nancy's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we wanna hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. And Nancy, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much, Scott.